And I'm Lenny Kluge. We are two immigrants living in Chile, bringing you information on news, cultural topics, travel, business, and more. The Chile Today podcast is the first ever bi-weekly English news podcast. For more information about the news topics you will hear today, check out our news affiliate, chiletoday.cl. If you have any questions, stories to share, or just want to say hi, message us on Instagram at Chile Today Podcast or email us at chiletodaypodcast at gmail.com. If you're feeling generous, rate and review us so that more people can find our podcast. Hey, Lenny, what's going on? Hey, Bethany, it's fucking 22.10 p.m. and I'm tired as fuck. <laughs> That's what's you going are on. You're such an old man, I know. I'm telling you. Hey, I slept like shit last night. Leave me alone. Was there a particular reason that you slept uh, like shit? I think I just ate something that I shouldn't have eaten and... You really don't want to get into the topic of my bowels. <laughs> no, no. God, you're old. Come you on. whippers never should be sure I'm more respect here. <laughs> you're going to well, get Well, if we... <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I'm 30. I'm, I turned 31 on Friday. Mm-hmm. So oh, I'm on, on my way. Hold on. What, what Friday? Like just last Friday? I mean, Saturday. I turn 31 on Saturday, ah, the 19th. You, I, oh, okay. I just understood you turned and I was like, hold on. How did I no, not no, know no, about no. this? How did I not say happy birthday? What is No, my- no, no. The uh, the one of the events we have to talk about, great segue right there, <laughs> is uh, actually on my birthday. So why don't you update us about that event and the other ones we have coming up? Actually, right now, I'm so sad that this is a podcast, not a video cast, because nobody can see the finger guns that I just made. You made amazing finger guns. They might have been the best finger guns I have ever seen. They're the best finger guns ever. You have the best so, fingers. I get the best. Okay, I don't even know where you're going. Okay, with that, we're going okay, left fine. turn. Left turn. Left turn. Absolutely left turn. So yeah, we absolutely have events coming up. So the so what what did we say? This whole thing is going to be released on Wednesday. It's going to be released Wednesday. So the first event should be tomorrow, exactly. which is St. Patrick's Just Day. Makes it even better, and we're going to watch a horrible movie on St. Patrick's Day because that day is also going to be our horrible movie night. And since mm-hmm. it's going to be St. Patrick's Day, it's going to be a theme. So what movie are we going to watch, Bethany? E? We're going to watch the original Leprechaun, which is a horror movie, if I understand correctly. I've never seen it. It's a horror movie about a leprechaun that kills people because somebody stole his pot of gold. Oh, my God. In a literal Bethany, sense, not sounds, a metaphorical sense. This sounds so exciting, and I'm really looking forward. Where could I possibly watch this movie? You can watch this movie at the Black Rock Pub in Providencia near Metro Tobalaba at 8 p.m. And it's a free event. However, if you are a patron on our Patreon at the $5 level, you will get a free beer. This is fantastic, Bethany. How could I become a Patreon member? Okay, so you can find the links on our Instagram at Chile Today Podcast, or you can go to patreon.com slash the Chile Today Podcast. Or if you're just confused, you can message us on Instagram or send us an email, chiletodaypodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be glad to direct you in the correct direction. Wow. All of our patrons at the $5 and $10 level will get discounts, freebies, or whatever at all of the events that we talk about. So, yeah. Wow, Bethany, this is absolutely mind-blowing. I, I'm looking forward to becoming a Patreon member and a sponsor of us. <laughs> I'm going to do this right away. Tebity, 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 like tebity, already... keyboard. I feel like we're already <laughs> our own patrons because, you know, we just... You know, we, we just bought new mics and, and everything, just yeah. investing our own money. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm really counting on this money to come in, man. Like somebody's <laughs> going to pay for this new mic. 
Hey, way, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, excited. You're hearing the difference, right? I'm having this new snazzy, snazzy mic. Can you hear my right. sound of baritone voice? Mm -hmm. your, your voice sounds great. Also, we are virtual <laughs> today. So. You just brushed by that. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, well, you, was, your voice sounds great. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. You're yeah, good. Fine. You're, you're not bad. We are virtual today because I am quarantining before I travel to the U.S. Um, next week. So that's why we're virtual today. Yeah. So let us know how you like it. So uh, keep going with the events. Yes. So two days after the fantastic, horrible movie night, we will have another stand-up comedy show. At bilingual. Bilingual stand-up comedy show. We as in the Tistolas, but I guess like, you know, regular listeners should know this by now. We're kind of like conflating these two things. It's kind of like the same yeah. at this point. So yeah, we we merge like the Tistolas is an event coordinating group that Lenny and I are also a part of, which is not technically affiliated with the podcast. But since Lenny and I both work in the other organization, they overlap a bit. Yeah, so, we're just, you know, I, I think we're already bopping like, around. We're, we're kind of like planning a, a hostile takeover of the podcast already. I'm going to rename it. Sure, there you go. Today. Okay, there we go. Boom, done. So <laughs> we have a German and a gringo here on this podcast. So, of we, course, we, there's going to be we some know sort our of shit. war. We know going our on. shit. <laughs> we know how so, to take okay. do goose. So, it's eight o'clock on Friday at the Fitness Irish Pub at Metro Monroe. April 19th. Correcto Mundo. So you Did should you go Friday? there. That's a Saturday. That's a Saturday. And that's exactly what See, I meant. That's because, exactly what I did because, because I was like, I really, Friday. I want, just wanted to see if you're paying attention. And all I was paying attention. Awesome. And if you're a patron at the $5 level, you get in for free. Wow. But if you're not a patron at the $5 level, you got to pay. You got to pay but, monies. Do you know the real reason you should come is you want to see Le Moi performing. <laughs> you're gonna perform yeah i'm gonna perform it's gonna be my first time I'm in what so like freaking two and a half years yeah, yeah probably well, i'm sad because i can't go i'm gonna be in quarantine yeah, but maybe we can you know get somebody streaming the event who knows who knows yeah i'm gonna make the penguin do it penguin now stream the event just for me it's my birthday so you have to do it you better you, you better mm -hmm, so mm-hmm mm -hmm. And then let's take a leap into the future because we already have our another comedy show confirmed, but on April 30th, which is more than a month from now, at the mm -hmm. same place. That's also Saturday. And it's also going to be, well, say it's probably going to be bilingual stand-up comedy show. I say probably because we haven't really defined who's going to perform yet. Perform. Sometimes we have all yes. English shows, so we yep. try to specify. Yes. So we don't right. know that, but absolutely jot this down on your calendar because you don't want to miss that either. Yeah, that is April 30th, 8 p.m. at Fiddler's. That's near Metro Manuel Mont. Also, if you are a patron at the tent, the five or above level, again, you get in for free. Um, there will be more events between those two events we just announced, but dates are um, pending on confirmation. And so... We will let you know. We have a maybe a potential new type of event. Ooh, for people who are very nerdy and love books. Ooh, the suspense. Ooh, oh, yeah. the You're suspense. giving a lot of ways. Oh crap! I didn't know. It's not a secret, but I feel like we don't have enough things in there for people who love to. Anyway, so too much, too much. Okay, <laughs> so uh, those are our events. Uh, speaking again about the uh, Patreon, we have now. We only had the five dollar level on our last podcast we now have a ten dollar level okay so if you join our patreon we have two tiers uh last month we only had one tier the five dollar tier um but we have a five dollar tier and a ten dollar tier now 
At the $5 tier, you'll get access, early access to select episodes that will air for you before they air for other people for those select episodes. You will get monthly travel tips. And what that means is these are not just like a post that's like, hey, travel safely. This is like a full-blown um, document that gives tips about things people are always asking us about. And every month we'll post those. You'll have access to all of those once you join all the ones that have been posted. Um, and then you will get, as we've been talking about, discounts and free event tickets. So discounts might be like 50% off or completely free as all of our events so far are, or like a free beer or something like that. At the $10 level, you get all of that stuff. Plus you're going to get a little bit of merchy merch, some surprise merchy merch, merch coming to you from us. And that's, it has international shipping. So you don't have to worry if you're living in Timbuktu. Um, it might take a while to get to you, but <laughs> there is international shipping yeah, for all of that. Carefully there. Yeah, we're going to give you a personalized We're going to get so on... much hate mail from my old listeners in Timbuktu. It was like, right, this Timbuktu, thing not still here. You? you mentioned us specifically. Um, See you in court. But our, in all of the other stuff, there's a lot of other things included, but the thing we're most excited about is the $10 level has access to a special Too Late Today podcast Discord where we hope everybody that listens to the podcast can get together, whether you're living in Chile and different parts of Chile, living in the U.S., try to connect with other people to have a really good communi community of, of people who want to do things. Are you thinking about traveling? Maybe you can talk, connect with other people who are thinking about traveling to Chile or who have or who studied. Maybe you can go ahead and meet people who are doing an exchange at the same university or doing an exchange at maybe you live in Idika and want to meet other people, whatever. So that's um, accessed at the $10 level. Really excited about that. So anyway, to get on that, that's www.patreon.com slash the Chile Today podcast. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much what we got on announcements. What are you doing over there, Lenny? I'm pouring myself one of my fantastic Proviant drinks because I just realized I didn't have anything to drink here, but I always, for some reason, have a case of proviant in my room it's so cliche but i do yeah so and i mean I this was not planned at all it really no, was not planned not at all, all but go ahead go ahead and tell the listeners what proviant <laughs> is mm. he's drinking that's all you need to know <laughs> it's refreshing it's it's an organic sparkling drink that i import from germany if you're interested you can find us on instagram at limoland underscore CL. That's all I'm going to say about that because there's been so much shameless self-promotion already and we should be getting into the news. What do you say? Yeah, you know, as usual, the most fun part, the most fun part comes first. So COVID update. COVID. Now, actually some good news for a change. As of Monday, March 14th, which is the day that we're recording this, there have been quote unquote only 10,650 new cases. Sorry, which... I hit the mic because I was so excited. Yay is what <laughs> Yay. I meant to say, but I just smacked the mic. Yeah. Yay. No, smack the mic in excitement. So that means that it's a total drop of new infections by 37% in the last two weeks, which is significant. But I think even more than the overall number of new cases, what's even more um let's say more important is that the positivity dropped to 14.88%. Now I compared my notes from the last time we got together to record like two weeks ago, it was still at 25.62%. So that's a drop of more than 10% points in positivity, which is the wow. real number you should be watching out for. So that's good. Thumbs up. However, uh, 
you know, if you allow me to quote Game of Thrones these days, winter is coming. And there will likely yeah, be new, muta- new mutations. I mean, new mortations. New mortations. New mortations. New mortations. That's well, dark. Yeah, yep. That's actually. Is <laughs> I guess be it would business. be a good career to get into. Yeah, these they're not going oh go, to so get out dark. of business anytime soon. But yeah, oh, so no. um, there will be new mutations at some point. There is a new mutation I just read about. You're not talking it's about It's called Deltacron. No, it's called Deltacron. It's that new. Evil. It is. It is. They don't know a lot about it yet, but it's been found in the US and in Europe, which oh, mostly like which fr- France is what I heard. And I read about this yesterday. And they don't know a lot about it yet, but what they said was it has the the backbone of Delta, oh. but the the like contagions of Omicron, which makes me think that it's as like serious as Delta, as contagious as Omicron. So that's gonna be fun you know i'd be if we hadn't been, dose, guys. If, yeah if we hadn't been into this whole ordeal for like what two years already i'd be a lot more shocked than i am right now i mean um, i we talked about it before on the podcast like it probably only a matter of time before we this is not over <laughs> die <laughs> i mean we're all gonna sure, die eventually, yeah eventually okay? we are yeah so get yeah. your fourth dose get your fourth dose as soon as it's your turn because winter is coming and actually i just i just read like in in germany my good old home country germany they just relaxed a couple of measures and voila numbers are rising again so see how easy that goes i mean yeah it's just gonna keep going up and down like the u.s is also like cutting back measures and speaking of cutting back measures i have news about that so the chilean health ministry so this was the health ministry of pineda Okay, because mm-hmm. we have a new president. In case you haven't noticed. Just a couple days ago. Okay, as I was saying, Chilean health minister, previous like previous-ish health minister. Yeah, ex, previous health ex, minister, former, right? Ex-health minister. Ex as of like previous. two days ago. Mm-hmm. He is easing the mandatory PCR tests for tourists coming into to Chile. If you didn't know, it is required that you take a PCR at the airport before you come into Chile or it was every single person. Now it's only going to be half of the people that come through and the people are going to be chosen at random. So um, what Faris was saying was he was saying that what they were doing was collapsing the airport and it was really time consuming. Mm -hmm. And there have been a lot of organizations such as the tourist uh, tourism organizations, Federation of Tourism, companies of chile is called vetetur or something like that um said that it's been discouraging people from coming into chile for tourism which i don't know if that's true i don't know if anybody's like oh i have to take a pcr at the airport yeah because i don't have to take anywhere else in my life (laughs) right like i'm definitely not going to i don't know but i don't know it's weird so they have they would not like that I mean, it, it makes, I mean, first of all, I mean, the couple of times that I just came back from wherever to Chile, the process has gotten really streamlined. So they've gotten really efficient at that. So it's I'm, super fast. Yeah. I don't know what people are complaining about. It's like literally like boom, boom. Like you do have to wait in a little bit of a line, but honestly, mm-hmm. it's pretty like- I mean, I've heard, horror, 
I've heard horror stories of people like waiting like around eight hours just to get out of the airport. But that was in the very beginning of this whole thing. And, you know, after a while, they streamlined this whole thing. Now, that being said, I think in a way it does make sense that they cut down on this because you are you're supposed to take a PCR test or present a negative PCR test result before you board the flight to Chile anyway. So, yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. My Mm -hmm. my mother-in-law took one before she came to chile and then took one in chile and she got a positive one so like from my own anecdotal experience Mm -hmm. it is possible to test negative and then test positive because you contracted it at the very end of your trip or in the airport or whatever well i mean you cannot contract. i mean the thing is like i I guess the idea behind this whole thing was like okay let's get you tested at the airport upon arrival because you might have gotten the 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 flu now you might have gotten the virus on the plane but that wouldn't show on the pcr so basically you're talking about a window here which is right prior to like departure i mean yes there's a possibility but it's it's i mean i understand that probably my mother-in-law's um experience and you can't get false negatives too i mean i get that Oh, a hundred percent. Well, not really, but the PCR. Not hundred percent, man. <laughs> I mean, nothing's hundred percent, but the PCR is pretty. It's pretty solid, you but know, you know, there's still it's the pretty chance. solid, right? Well, this isn't the. We're not talking about the antigen test, but yeah. Um, I mean, there have been a lot of people complaining about the PCR. What I would rather have happen, to be honest, is I would rather not have to get a PCR coming in before I come to Chile, and then get the PCR when I land. Because those PCRs are fucking expensive in other countries. Yeah. And they're free when you land in Chile. So yeah. what I would rather do is be like, not have to take a PCR and then just take it when you arrive in Chile. That's what I would like. Yeah. You'd rather be <laughs> like, hey, butt. be like, hey, PC out. Oh, okay. no. That was no, bad. That was no, really bad. <laughs> I just mean, like, you know, imagine like I was in, I was visiting Mexico a few months ago and then it was like, where am I getting my PCR? And a lot of countries, it's getting better, but a lot of people still don't understand the distinction between the antigen versus the PCR. Right. Versus, you know. mm-hmm. And so it was a little bit of a, people kept trying to like gaslight me into like, no, you don't need a PCR when I was in Mexico. And I was like, I'm telling you, <laughs> it has to be a PCR. Anyway, so if you're coming to Chile or, for example, I'm leaving and I'm going to come back, you might or might not have to take a PCR Um, or all this could totally change completely since we now have a new president, which is my next thing that we're getting into. So, oh, you have something else to say? Yeah, in a way, you know, with the COVID update, okay, still a fine. couple of things, if you don't mind. Um, no, so- I do, but that's fine. You're going to say it anyway, right? <laughs> Just exactly. I thought I had a really good segue there, Lenny. I'm so sorry. No, no what, what I wanted to say, like, you know, the COVID right now is not the, it's not the only virus that's kind of circling these days. The flu has made an unexpected comeback, actually, with 486 yep. cases in the last month, which is double the cases from last year. Uh, well, I know actually for a fact that your good friend Mary, hi Mary, hi Mary, did also have the the flu, so not not that surprised there. So this this year, like the the flu season started a little bit earlier than expected, apparently because in, of increased international mobility. They say so the vaccination campaign was already kicked off last week. So one kid, but however, it's like one can get a COVID shot in one arm and the flu shot in the other one. So. If you can do it, give me all of the shots it. at this point. Give all them shots. Stay as healthy as you can. Stay as healthy as you can. And Another... the fourth dose is turning the corner soon. 
it is i mean it's not my turn yet but i think no it's i mean it's like it's around the corner is what i meant like the fourth dose probably in may we'll get it i mean they're already starting with the fourth dose i know i just meant probably in may we you and i Ah, yes we'll get it yeah hopefully (laughs) no they're already starting with the fourth dose for like people who are like 55 and older i think we'll probably get ours around may right right all right, yeah. and in other COVID-related news, uh, in their last week, the government did away with the maximum capacity restrictions for districts that are in phase four. Now, this means, that doesn't mean that you can cram into a little dive bar with like 200 people <laughs> in a closed space. What this means is while there's still a relative limit of two people per, per square meter, there's no longer an absolute limit, which used to be 1,000 people in closed and 5,000 in open spaces. I mean... Just in case you've heard that before, that doesn't mean like, you know, you cannot pack your favorite bar again. This is maybe Mm -hmm. this benefits like events and open air events. Another thing that I found interesting is that a U.S. study has shown that keeping the mask mandate in closed public spaces until at least 70% of the target population are vaccinated does not say only save lives, but it also saves dollar-dollar bills, y'all. Nice. Yes. So they recreated the spread of the virus in the in the you know in a model of the U.S. in a computer simulation to obtain results, and in a scenario in which 90% of the population is vaccinated by May one, which is absolutely not the case in the U.S. Nope. Keeping the indoor mask mandate saved 13.3 billion dollars in social costs 2.4 million dollars in medical bills direct medical cost and as well as preventing 6.29 million COVID-19 cases 136,000 hospitalization and 16,000 deaths so with an 80% coverage, 80% vaccination rate, the numbers went even up further, like 16.7 billion social costs. I, and, are you oh, listening, man. capitalists? Yes. Are you listening? Invest in shots is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Get your shots, save your money, right. buy from small businesses. There you go. Okay, and last COVID-related news. So during the two last weeks of February, 77% of all COVID-related deaths were people over 70 and 55% over 80 even. It's kind of sad, but one of the likely culprits is that they weren't uh, up to date with the checkups thanks to the sanitary emergency or even had to post medical procedures, which makes them more susceptible to the virus. So basically the morale of the story here, people don't skip your checkups. Like do I'm, no. I'm, I'm 40. I've been doing yearly checkups since I was 30. 500. What? 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 I said nothing. 500 what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I said you're 500. Oh, oh, fine. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> so um, don't skip your checkups, man. I mean, go there, just wear a mask, wash your hands, whatever. Don't be scared. I mean, I get it that don't people don't really want to go into hospitals or medical centers, but just mm-hmm. don't skip on out on your necessary medical procedures because, you know, you might as well just end up because you might have cancer. I don't know. You know, like you want to. We are taking a real like. Early. Oh, apparently we turned into the medical podcast. I thought we were apparently, just doing Julian yeah. COVID updates, but Lenny is on his soapbox. Okay, so I now am. may I My talk about the very sexy president? Oh yeah, well he's on okay. His here's soapbox. the thing: he has for real. He has had a huge glow up in like the past like week. I'm like looking at all his stuff that he's posting, and I'm like, damn boy, what you doing? Hey, like I just like looked at a picture. Look at this. Look at this man right here. Look. Look at that. Look at that man. Ooh, Look at that. He's about to go on an interview. Now, who's you this guys, dapper Tad, gentleman? 
this is the president of Chile. He's about oh to go boy. in an interview and he's like, I don't have a jacket on. I just got a button up white shirt with no tie and my tats. And I'm like, can I just say that? I, I mean, I've had some like internal discussions about this. Internal I, inside yourself or like no, with like other people? Circle, family, friends, and this, this whole thing about him not wearing a tie. It's such a controversial thing. So I, stupid. I mean, personally, ties are just to cover buttons. People thought buttons are offensive, and so they're like, cover them up with the thing. Or maybe like, that's what, all it is. Maybe this is what all everybody's getting upset about. They don't like buttons, you know. Buttons but I've are this, offensive. Buttons are the worst. Like, Burton, buttons are the okay, symbolism there is, of communism. There's buttons, the and then communism. and then there's Hitler <laughs> and communism. Oh, you know how many buttons, buttons they had Hitler, on their communism. on their on their little outfits, on their outfits. They had a lot of buttons on those fascist see, outfits. See? see? The, oh, I didn't realize the buttons yeah. were so, symbolism. So now you know people, you Extre- know? Extreme. Buttons uh, see, are now fascist I'm mad at communists. How dare you? I didn't realize. Exactly. Each, have some respect. But I love this. Alexa, I, I love the fact that he didn't wear a tie in a way. Be, like A lot of people were like, well, you know, there's no, not enough decorum here and he doesn't take this whole thing Who seriously. Who gives the shit? No, I think, I think, you know, I think it's the other way around. Like, I think it really symbolizes a change in, 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 in attitude towards this whole thing. I, th- I think he's also st- sending a strong message saying, it's like, look, it's like, I don't need to be, I can have my tats. I don't need a tie. Like, I'm here to do a job. I'm not here to yeah. look nice. <laughs> like, get yeah, over I'm not it, here to. Like, also, again, ties are like, so yesterday, man. I mean, again, covering the buttons. Okay. Anyway, so let's anyway, let's sorry. reappropriate the buttons for ourselves in Chile. Okay, let's redo it and give women pockets. Yeah, okay, take them away from Hitler. I fixed the world problems. Okay, so. No, but because that's the thing is everybody's always like, oh, politicians, they all lie. They're all the same. They just like look pretty and then they say things. And I think that's, it's really interesting that, I mean, that Boric is really trying to be like, I'm different. And, you know, time will tell if he is, but it's like, why are we bitching about that? Haven't, hasn't everybody been screaming? Like we need something new. We need the politicians that aren't corrupt, no matter what side you're on. Well, now we have something new. So let's see what happens. Stop complaining about a piece of cloth that he doesn't want to wear because he's 36 years old. And he's like, I'm not, I've never, he's never won a tie ever in his whole political career, which he has had a very long one for his age. It's like, why would he start now? And the thing is, the thing is what I talked with my mother-in-law the other day, I was like, he's going to be criticized whether he wears a tie or he doesn't, because if he started wearing a tie, people would be like, that's not him. He's never worn a tie. He's just trying to pretend to be, he's just trying to pretend to be a politician. So it doesn't matter what he does. He's damned if he does. He's damned if he doesn't. So yeah, true that. I just think I just I just like the, I like seeing my present with a tattoo. Like I love tattoos. You know me. So he should he should tattoo anyway. a tie on his <laughs> sternum. Like that would be a great middle ground there. I think like everybody would be happy with that. And just not wear a shirt. Like not wear a shirt <laughs> and any <laughs> exactly that. I have a tie, but just like you, told like, you me, want a tie? Here it is. I, there's a tie on his dad bod. It gotta be a oh, piano man. tie though, the tat of a piano tie, like a keyboard. Yes, and yeah. then it also says nine inch nails on it because he apparently loves nine inch nails. Oh, a tool, a tool. Oh, which was cute because um, so there's a lot of really cute videos from the his getting his inauguration when he got sworn in. And there's one where he's like walking behind Pineda and he like does this turn. It's adorable. But I don't know if you know this, but Boric actually has pretty bad OCD. 
Okay. And he has ticks okay. that he does with his OCD. And he's he's pretty public about it. But like one of the things is sometimes like he he just has like um jerks that he does. And he even said this on an interview, like the interview came out like today Tourette? when somebody was like, What was it's just like he has an aversion to certain things. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a I don't know but he like went on an interview today and they were like why were you like dancing behind Pinata what was that about and he was like no 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 it was it was totally like it was my OCD I I, like did something and my body was just like it reacted and it looks like he's like doing this little ballet turn it was adorable but actually I couldn't that's the most important thing that happened I I forwarded this video to to I mean you know that like I I I practice like the martial art of Aikido and this this what the thing that he did that looked very much like a like an evasive maneuver that you do there. So I just sent it forward mm-hmm. to my group. It's like, that. it was a, like, it was a quality Iriminaga that he just pulled off there. <laughs> I mean, it was right behind the former president. Like, yeah. ooh, ha. Like, yeah. it looked like he was like, don't touch me. It looks smooth. There's so many, there's so many, like, uh, videos now of him. Also, did you see the one video where, he, like, after he did his speech, which is like a 30-minute speech to the public, which was like, Thank you, Chile. I'm now president, blah, 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 new hope, blah, all the things the president say. And they had him a camera behind him when he turned around to see his face. And when he turned around, he was like, oh, I'm going to do my day. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, no, he really just like, I, he really went just like he blew out air. He was like, yeah. and like had like big eyes, like, and I it mean, was like relatable. You know, relatable. Just about to say, if that ain't relatable, what is, you know, like, it was I'd like he just like- spoke to, hundreds of thousands of people public yeah. and then just the whole country probably on on well not probably legitimately on tv and just like it was a long day for him yeah. like he got he got blessed yeah, by the yeah. catholic church by the mapuche by the Aymara, Aymara, like all of the people right. and he's just like well you know you're president now biggie huh i mean yeah yeah biggie <laughs> yeah he's like holy shit what yeah. have i gotten myself into yeah you gotta Which digest again, that first he's re- like i yeah exactly so anyway, um, oh that, that sorry that said, other thing where he when Pinera was kissing the piocha, <laughs> that little yeah, and he like made a face. He was like, "Holy shit!" What are you? I why? love it because he's so millennial. He's not gonna like keep anything off his face. It's no all there. Face. This is why millennials no, play poker. Like he, yeah, like so Pinera kissed that little thing to give to him, and his face was like, "The fuck did you just?" Did? so great there's guys you need to look these up they're so good we'll start posting them on our instagram just so you can enjoy what we're being and we're, we're enjoying so um i mean but in all seriousness chile has a new president who has already a very memeable um, president a very memeable very very sexy president um if you don't know a lot about pineta he um was very active in the 2019 protests where the oh what did i say pineta Oh, that's, fuck. <laughs> that's a Freudian slip up if I've that's ever a heard Freudian one. Slip. I mean, Pineda was involved, but not in the not involved in the supporting way. Uh, Boric was very involved in the protests, um, supporting them and supporting the new writing of the Constitution, the Apreba, which ended up be starting the process of the rewriting of the Magna Carta. Um, and uh, a lot of people are commenting. Al Jazeera said we're seeing um, a historical shift, a real sign of change in Latin America. And um, Boric is heading a feminist environmental government that is going to bring about historical social change led by a cabinet that is mostly full of young people who don't have much experience in government, but that certainly have big plans. Um, so there have also been people who have compared him to Allende. And one one writer 
one writer said that he reminds me of Yende, but I hope he has a happier ending, which is like, oh, ouch. Okay, yeah. I would not compare him to Yende. I don't think he's that left, yeah. but you know, we've talked about that a lot in past. Um, well, it's like a different generation. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, I don't know, man. Like you wouldn't compare, yeah. you wouldn't compare, God knows what, like Obama to Abraham Lincoln. It's just like, no, it's, no, it, it, no, there's no. not even a common ground there, you know? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, Boric is very much supported by the environmentalists and indigenous, indigenous communities. And um, he has been telling, or he has been um, giving signals of more protections for the, for both the environment and for the indigenous communities. Um, he has already o- overturned, I don't know if you saw this, but like the first thing that happened when he got inaugurated was he overturned like over 130 um, yeah. charges against people who were pending criminal charges for actions during the estallido. Mm-hmm. So like that was like people who were protesting or doing things that got arrested during the 2019 estallido. He went ahead and dropped a lot of charges against those people. Um, and so, I mean, already hitting the ground running i feel like there were more than 20 international guests that were confirmed to have attended the inauguration including alberto fernandez and pedro castillo the presidents of argentina and peru um the king of spain and isabel allende which is a famous chilean author which i guess is important um representatives from both the u.s and brazil lots of really cool stuff um there's also um Let's see. Um, there's a uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the cabinet of Boric is a female majority cabinet. So they were also sworn in, which is pretty cool, um, on Friday as well. So that's what is hap- happening with Boric's thing. We'll keep you updated on the memes and yeah. the gifts. And um, then what happens as far as what Boric is doing. So we'll keep you all updated here on that. I, it's a pretty sad fact of my life that most of my political education these days is through Facebook and memes and GIFs. It's I, like, I say, scroll down Facebook. It was like, I don't understand this meme. Hold on. There's got to be something more to it. And I was like, okay, what just happened there with this person? It was like, oh, oh, there was this scandal and that scandal and like weird. Yeah. And you know what? I will say one thing about Chile because Chile does get, doesn't get the best in the world. A lot of things, I swear Chile is the best in the world. at memes. I am, Absol- I don't, yeah. I'm, they are so if, good. So fast. If they could make money so of funny. memes, man, if they could export memes. This country like, would be the richest country. It'd copper. be lithium copper and memes. <laughs> like, they're so good. Like if, if, you know, man, so good. They gotta, they gotta start charging people for memes. I don't know, but yeah, totally. they're, they're so good um any other comments you have about Boric and his being sworn in no not for me okay so next piece of news so um there the line seven the newest line on the metro mm-hmm. has construction has started on that 2.5 billion dollar metro line line seven is starting so uh this was this was another line that was launched by former president Pineda. Um, and it will run between the suburbs of Renca on the northwestern outskirts of the capital and Vitacura on the northeast. It'll be 26 mm-hmm. kilometers long and with 19 stations. It should be completed by 2027, which seems like super fast. Yeah. So, In five years, there's a lot of tunnel digging going on. So it's going to be yeah, running the so. northern 
edge of the city then so you said rimming i know i know what i said <laughs> and i'm gonna stand by it <laughs> uh so it's it's expected to like cut travel time from those areas in half mm. um yeah, Pineda like said Sorry, they got the short end of the stick up there. It's just like if you want to go yeah. from from I don't know Kilikura to Vitaku, it's just like you gotta go all the way down into the city, probably swap yeah, lines no. like five times, and then oh, yep. dude, like horrible. Yeah. yeah, I think it's supposed to connect through um, Asesión Latinoamericana to switch to the red line. I think, but I'm not okay. quite sure. I looked right. at a map earlier today, That's but gonna, I mean, we'll figure it out by 2027. Yeah, they're probably going to be more than one connection point. Sure, I'm sure. But it looked like like when I looked at the map today, it was very much like all alone there going out where it was because mm. they need that line down where they are. So yeah. um, Pineda said line seven is not only going to change the lives of those who directly benefit the inhabitants of the, uh, the comunas that passes through 1.3 million Chilean men and women, but it's also going to improve the quality of life of all the inhabitants of the city of Santiago. He said it is a gigantic effort and would generate 22,000 jobs. And there would be, um, it would also cut carbon in terms of that it would be the equivalent of planting 55,000 trees, which I'm, I don't know where those numbers come from, but okay. I mean, yeah, less cars is always a good thing, but yeah. I, okay. Less buses, that's a thing. So um, the line will be entirely automatic. So I guess there's going to be no driver in those lines as there are in a lot of the lines we have mm. right now. Yeah, the line um, three, line six, I think. Have the the same newest lines are automatic. Yeah, yeah but the like the line suicide one. suicide gates. Oh my God. Yeah. I, th I think that's oh what they call it. Oh my God, is that what they're for? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, I never thought of that. Yeah, so the people don't like throw themselves onto the tracks. Okay, so if you've never seen the new lines... Like, so the, the main lines, like the red line, which is the main line you're going, that mm -hmm. most people use because it connects like on the Alameda. It's like a normal line. Like you can see the tracks and everything. And the new lines have like these glass barriers that only open once the train is there. And I never, like once the train is stopped and I never thought like for a second, that's what they were for, but it mm -hmm. makes so much sense. Oh I mean, suicide or accident, you know, like things could happen anyway. Sure. But, but it was like, what was it? Like there was like a red one time there used to be like somebody that threw themselves on the metro like once every three months or more yeah oh yeah 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 it was crazy and then it was like and you sort of knew there's like a cold language like this is super dark trigger yeah. warning for suicide um but this is you would be in the metro like in the metro and they were like there's some there's, there's some problems like technical online complications. technical complications and everything just stops for like 20 minutes and everybody just knew like you were like oh god no, and it's so and it's rush weird, hour. It's just, exactly and people just got like it happened used to happen so frequently people just got so jaded after a while but like yeah oh, you're just like, i'm gonna be late for work again <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> or sometimes the person even announces there's someone on the line like there, yeah. like there have been i've heard of that when i'm in the metro and i'm like I hope that means somebody just jumped down there and's fucking around, but I doubt it. Yeah. So not uh, fucking also, around any longer. No, and fuck around and find out. Yeah. Um, so the anyway, so this is going to be designed by um, a French public transport company 
mm-hmm. called Sistra. And the it's not a private company, which is kind of cool. It's owned by the country of France, which is, I think, kind of cool. I'd rather it okay. be owned by Chile, but yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, we, they also designed line three and six. So th- I like those lines. They're really nice. So I guess line seven will be super similar to those. There you cool. go. Cool, cool. Awesome. I'm excited about new lines, new transportation. Yeah. The new lines have really connected Santiago in some really good ways, I think. Yeah. Even though basically the, how, how would you say, the signage in the metro stations is just a fucking disaster. It's like oh, where they, where yeah. they point you to, so... this is all over yeah. the place. They just send you around in circles. Just uh. make sure you know which entrance you're going in oh, because God, the thing. Yeah. Los Leones? You can, oh my God. You, <laughs> no, if you're going on the red line, enter in where the line looks red. Don't enter to where the line looks red. Even though it's just across the street, doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Gonna because they had to dig these holes. Yeah. They had to dig these holes, and you will literally walk for 30 minutes to reach something you could have just crossed the street. Yeah, you're going to descend the into entrance. the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> literally. literally. I think everybody makes that mistake once mm-hmm. and is traumatized, entering yeah. the wrong. Entering the wrong door at Los Leones. Yeah. Because I literally was like, oh, I'll just cross. I'm just thinking you, because back in the day when you didn't have that many lines, you could see like, oh, I need to cross the street. I'll just enter the metro here, cross the street and pop back up on the other side. So I don't have to wait for the traffic. Nope. Not with the new lines. Nope. (laughs) Because they had to dig extra tunnels and all those things to connect lines that weren't originally connected. And uh, so anyway, that's a lesson for you guys. That one's free. (laughs) so you can um, think us later think think us later so here's another thing did you know that we have a time change coming up oh we do again no i actually wasn't aware of that <laughs> yeah we do it twice a year actually and hold on so we're going into winter so oh we get we get a we get an hour extra that's great you've fallen back that. yeah so yeah. for those of you who are listening a lot of you in gringolandia um we do not change times the same time that the rest of the world basically changes because times of the US special. changes times. Yeah, we actually internationally are notorious for being really weird about our time changes. Mm. So we fall back on April 2nd. So don't forget to change your clocks or you'll be late to work. There's something like I read one time that Chile loses like something billions of dollars every time change because Chileans like not setting the clocks or like not showing up to international meetings or like the well, Google calendars yeah. are like fucked up because we have different time changes in the yeah, rest of the world. That's the thing because like usually you these days like in modern times like people just rely on their gadgets their cell phones to do the time change automatically and I think now they got the thing they got the thing working but like uh-huh. when because it did not always used to be like that we used to i think i think we used to change the time at the same oh, time as everybody else i remember else. i remember changing on my phone the time like yeah. even right. living in chile no no yeah yeah but what i'm saying is just like before we did we were actually changing the time together with everybody else and at some point pineda had the idea to just move that for a couple of months or weeks or whatever and then everything just went haywire i remember i was working for a company who used to travel a lot for, for you remember for like not having a time change at all no 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 no, no. it was a time change but oh. the time change occurred at the same time that everybody else did the time change and then oh, Pineda, oh, i think oh, it was oh, in oh, his oh. first term he was just like well we need to do this time change earlier or later or i don't know why and then everything went to shit because like 
it was not coordinated or synced with everybody else. And I was traveling a lot for work. I was flying to Peru a lot. And like every time I would get like updated, like um, like I had my flight booked and I would get an update from Latam. It was like, oh, hold on, here are the updated times. Like every single time. So, oh, we have to move oh this flight. We have to... And this took them like years to get used to. It was just a mess. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've read articles that were like the worst country in the world for time changes is Chile. Yeah. <laughs> Because we also, during the Bachelet administration, tried to do away completely with time changes. That lasted a year. And then people were like, yeah, no, let's go back. Like, it's just been, it's just, it's a headache. So this is how it's going. All I'm trying yeah. to say, April 2nd, don't forget to fall back. Um, or if you are somebody who is outside of the country, who want, needs to be up to date with what's going on in Chile for whatever reason, you work internationally, we are changing times. So be aware of that. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a big thing. Um, also, did you know that Boric's government is setting salary caps and restrictions on hiring um, relatives, nepotism. I did know that. In La Moneda. I know. I know you knew that. I don't know if you read the article, but I know yeah, you knew. Yeah, I did read it. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you about it anyway. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell our listeners about it, um, which I love because I hate nepotism. I think it's the worst ever. So. Um, according to La Tercera, um, we, this measure is mainly aimed at positions, specifically um, trust positions and people who are doing boletas honorarias, who are like applying for boletas monthly. If you don't know what that is, it's like independent workers who don't aren't contract, like don't have contracts. Um, Freelancing. So yeah, basically freelancing kind of kind of situation. If you are teach, going to teach English in this country, you will probably be doing boletas. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, in um, so the in the case of these boletas, they may not exceed 50 or 60% percent um, in the event that they are employees with postgraduate degrees of at least 15 years of experience in public service of the salary of the undersecretary of each ministry. So it cannot succeed 50 or 65% of the salary of the undersecretary, basically, with like certain requirements of your type of degree. So the document, quote, establishes rules of austerity and transparency for hiring the um, personnel. It is the first step within a more global commitment that we assume to de design and implement a remuneration. Rem am I pronounced that? Remuner remuneration? Yeah. Remuneration. System within the yeah. Yeah, state administration that allows reducing the current gaps, establishing limits to high rents. Um, so I really like that. I think it's kind of awesome. So while the positions um, will be restricted from the third and fourth degree of consiguity, including cohabitants. So I'm just meaning like third to second degree of relation. So I guess this is just sort of like preventing people from hiring their cousin, brother, aunt, uncle, and giving them a shitty, pointless <laughs> job just to make money. Because that's, this has never happened ever in any previous this government is, in Chile. Chile, I swear, is like, I mean, I think Latin America in general has a problem yeah. with this, but Chile is like, it's insane the amount of nepotism in this country. Like, not just in the government, like, people inherit, like, I mean, it happens in my own family. Like, I mean, people hire their brother to work for them yeah. and 
they get hired and they didn't really do anything in university or work hard because they just knew they were going to have a job. Right. But to be fair, I think Chile is actually doing pretty well if you compare it with other Latin American countries. I think we're actually the least corrupt of the Latin American countries. I didn't say least corrupt. I was just saying a lot of nepotism. Yeah, but I think uh, that kind of encompasses nepotism as well. I'm just going out on a limb here. I have no data to back this up, but... I don't know, because if you, like, again, like, specifically with, for example, the Constitution. Constitution was written by Pineda's brother, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no. So, uh, I'm not saying it's not happening the, here, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's a whole. It, there's so there's so many things. Like this person's father was this. It, it's it's they're all related. Or the, Pineda's entire government was like one degree of separation of a cousin. Like almost everybody. So it's just it's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Like I'm I'm not joking. It's a real thing. So I like the fact that this is a, trying to at least curb, like. If somebody in your family is working, that there is a cap on what they can do as far as like extra money that they can get, because you can't just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to give my girlfriend or my, my brother's girlfriend a job and blah, 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 blah. Or a Lambo. <laughs> yeah. Because fuck that shit, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, on, the, on the one hand, I think like salary caps is, is a good idea, but I mean, it's also, yeah. you have to be very careful with this thing because I mean, there was this one uh, argument. I remember that actually, of course, like a right-wing politician made, but it was, it was, it was a good argument because they said, it's like, look, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you pay public servants enough so that they are not open to corruption, you know, which but that's is bullshit fair. though. Is it so? is it I mean, so? okay, here's the thing. Like that doesn't actually work in practice. Because, so my boyfriend wants to be a judge. He's a lawyer. We have friends who are judges and they pay judges really well. And they also give judges free housing. And the whole point is like, oh, you have to pay them enough so it won't be corrupt. If you're a corrupt piece of shit, it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you can make more money, you're going to try to make more money or try to get going to try to save that money or try to get that new Lambo that you couldn't buy because it was sold out or whatever. If you're a corrupt piece of shit, you're a corrupt piece of shit. And it's not like, Oh, but we got to pay them more money or they're going to I think that's a bullshit excuse. I don't know, man. I think there's a scale. I don't, I don't think it's a black and white situation. I think you have like a scale there. The, the more, like, the less you honestly, earn, the more power. I don't you make have, a shit ton more. of money, I, but I still can't be bought. But if you're like, oh, but we'll give you more money just to make sure you can't be bought. I'm like, that's not, I'm just not going to fucking do that because I am not a piece of shit person. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, how about no, we just no, hire no, people who aren't dude, shitty? No, no offense, Bethany. What would I buy you for? Like, what sway do you hold, man? <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, if you're a shitty person, you're going to be a shitty person no matter what they pay you. Now, I, I'm no, I'm not saying, like, don't pay people what they deserve. Absolutely pay people what they deserve because people, if people do not make enough money to, like, meet the needs that they have in their lives... Um, then of course there's going to be corruption. That's, you know, the problem with poverty, but saying like, oh, these politicians need to be paid millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of blah, blah, so that they aren't corrupt. They're already fucking corrupt. We know this. So it's obviously not working. There's gotta be another way. How about we just do like, we gotta do something else. Cause that's obviously not working. Right. Like the discrepancy between what politicians make and what even like the, a good salary in Chile makes in this country is insane. Yeah. Politicians make insane salaries here and they're still corrupt. So 
<laughs> like, where's your numbers, Lenny? Win -win. Give, me, give me your numbers. I ain't got no numbers. Leave me alone. I don't do numbers. You shouldn't know me by now. Okay. So, well, the thing is, is they, what the Boric administration is trying to do and what they say is they're trying to develop trust because they know that a lot of people do not trust the government because they see all this, like the nepotism and the corruption that has happened. And they want to come out of the gate saying like, we want to try to really demonstrate that we're trying to, I guess, I hate the term drain the swamp because that makes me like a Trump, <sighs> yeah. but like, but like, you know, do something different. Um, and you know, I, I don't really, I don't know how you do that. I know that board beach was a huge supporter of cutting his salary in half back when he was a diputado, like him and Giorgio Georgia. both were like, take our money. And then all the other people that had been like diputados for years money. and were super old, were like, no, we don't take our money. And they were like, we make way too much money. Take our money, put it towards blah, blah. So he's always been like that. Anyway, I digress. Anything else you wanted to say before I move on? Uh, about this particular topic? No, no, it's fine. That's, that's good. It's okay. all good. I mean, I like the initiative. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's yeah, not hurting no, anybody. No. Good thing, good thing. Um, okay, so the right. Political Systems Commissions voted that future cabinets should be equally gendered. So on International Women's Day... The Political Systems Commission of the Constitutional Convention approved future presidential cabinets to be equal that um, currently falls now to the decision of the head of government. So it said, as we established, quote, as we established in Article 1 of our report regarding parity democracy, the parity rule will also apply to cabinets. What? Par parity or parity? Parity. <laughs> oh, okay, because there's a lot to be said about that. This is a parody. <laughs> this, is, this is a parody. All of this stuff, we wouldn't really elect a uh, button-showing tattoo man as a president. It's just a parody. It's so symbolic. Um, yeah. So basically, the idea is that these cabinets must be made of at least 50% women. It says they must be made of at least 50% women, which I guess would also mean yeah, that they the must be around. made of 50% right. men, right? Um, what that says about non-binary people, I do not know because that is interesting to me that that was true not that. considered it at all. It's like, where does that person fall? Anyway, yeah, so um, this- Baby steps, baby steps. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah, 50-50 still better than, you know, yeah. most <laughs> places in the whole world. So P Pareto. But Right. So um, this is going to be proposed and intended for all commissions and ministers. It is also a change that says that um, you are not required to be 21 years of old or even a Chilean, but rather just a Chilean citizen to be able to run for a minister's estate, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Right. As somebody who is not a Chilean um, and probably will be a citizen one day i think it's kind of cool that there's the potential there that i could actually get involved directly in politics uh i don't know if i want to i think i'll just sit behind a microphone for a while i don't think i'm smart enough for that but kind of cool that there's the the option of that so and of course um oh first so there's also going to be um at least one minister reserve minister seat belonging to indigenous people so reserved for an indigenous representative. But of course, as Marcela Cubillos, member of the Uri party, which is? Pinochet's party? 
Yeah. He's pointed out that Boris's coalition approves that at least one of the ministers must be representative by indigenous people. And he said, it is striking that if they consider him so relevant and fundamental to the problems that Chile is suffering, perhaps it is not enough to name a representative, but to ask the indigenous people who they want to be named. This so is... I guess it's just like, what are you, I think you're just picking this a fight. Like, Roman, what are you yeah. doing? Like, like what, who, what are you? Like, oh, don't do that. Why don't we ask the indigenous people what they want? And it's like, uh, yes, but also that's sort of what they're doing. I think you're just being a dick. Like the indigenous people want representation and they'll vote for it. That's the whole point. <laughs> like, Yeah, I can't really I imagine any indigenous person be just like, you know, like being dragged Go into Congress. <laughs> they're going to be dragged into Congress. Like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> so- I, this is not what I wanted. Like, no, it's just, they're going to be just, voted like for any person. I was just on my porch, minding my own business, on. drinking a cold one, and then you guys came and dragged me into Congress. This is not cool. No, it's just Udi having their panties in a wad. It's like, if that's the thing you're criticizing, it obviously means maybe that, I don't know, like, there's maybe not a big Much problem with this. If you're, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, find some, like, because you can't go 50% women. That's, that's too many boobs or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's double as many boobs. <laughs> All the boobs. It's way too much. <laughs> way too many labias in there. Okay, so moving on. Uh, now we're going to talk about internet. BTR. Yay. Do you have BTR? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I also have BTR. Sometimes I got to say, but most of the times it works. This for me is super fascinating. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it today and like trying to talk to people that were around me about it. And they were like, Bethany, I do not care. So, so VTR, the internet um, company is doing a radical change because they're going to freeze prices as they say, quote, forever. So this consists of what they want to do is simplifying all of their offers and putting it into differentiated plans and the raising of prices. It is stated that they will offer quote, the most affordable prices on the market as well. And they have committed to keeping those prices forever. So throughout the statement, Veter explained that Phoenix is the name of the new product with which it hopes to reach new customers with values within the reach of the pockets of more Chileans, which is really good because there's, what is it, over 20% of Chileans don't have access even to cell phones, and there are way more parts of Chileans in the region that don't have access to internet. I remember Limache just got internet, like, last year. Wow. It's crazy. I mean, I'm sure there are parts of Limache, but the place where my boyfriend's family has a house, there was no internet until last year. That's no way to So, live. how do you live without interwebs? How, how, do you, how do you go on vacation? How do you watch the memes of the president doing little twirls behind the right? former president? How do you live? Okay, so we we could live without internet. All jokes aside, uh, but anyway, <laughs> it should be noted that since the pandemic began in 2020, the company was one of the most uh, questioned and criticized in terms of quality of service. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I think everybody's bitched about Vetere. I have, oh, I know you have. It's if you're a listening, of, it's you're a like, of passage. Yeah, yeah, it's like getting baptized in Chile is you experience an earthquake and you you get shit on by a pigeon. Um, somebody throws a palta at your head and, <laughs> and you bitch about it. Um, so um, in fact, the the people of Vetere admitted that they had received thousands of complaints and they have had customer leaks. They've had uh, they have had um, lawsuits led by the National Consumer Service, Serenac. 
And they have also had um, active vandalism within their infrastructure. All of these things happening. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. So Vetere is now launching a single fixed internet plan with 500 megabytes of speed, costing less than 10,000 pesos per month. That's about 12-ish dollars, give or take inflation or whatever it is today. So this is without conditions of any kind of readjustment over time, not even for IPC, with which it becomes the most down from the market. Yeah, which is like, it's it's a ballsy announcement to make. I mean, I think it's fascinating. I, 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 just, I just, I think they're going to try to weasel them their way out of this at some point, because like over a period of I like 10, know. 20 years, like this is not sustainable. Like if you don't even adjust it for IPC. You would think that? But imagine if you are the only company that is affordable to, like, let's say, I don't know how many of the percentages of Chileans that don't have internet, but I know it's about 20% that don't have access to cell phones. Imagine if you get 20% more of the market because you're the only people yeah, that, get- like, you're the only, you're the only company that can, that, that Chileans can afford. Yeah, but I get that. But you're talking about sales. I'm talking about profit margin and margins. It's like forever is forever. They have they have costs associated with this whole thing, right? And if you reach out to a broader market, if you get like, I don't know, 20, 50% more of the market share, you also have more operative costs in the background. Maybe not, that are maybe not in step with the rise of profits, but they're still growing. And then you have inflation happening, you know? And things are getting right, more expensive. And it's like, this is not feasible in the long run. I'm just saying. I mean, I think it's going to be a really interesting thing. I don't know how, because I even was like kind of Googling like how long-term fixed contracts like worked as far as companies go. Again, I don't know on the side of like how much more expensive equipment will be in the future. But imagine if, I mean, I know Chileans. Chileans going to want the cheapest thing they can get. If they increase a lot, especially with as expensive as everything is getting in Chile. Vetero is not shitty right now. I mean, it's not the most reliable, but I wouldn't say it's any less necessarily okay. reliable than Movistar, That's honestly. Every, everybody's bitching about Vetero. They're all equally shitty. They're all <laughs> shitty. Like, they're all equally shitty. And even though they're equally shitty, they're still not as shitty as internet in some places where I come from in mm. Arkansas. Like, places where Same. I come from in Arkansas, you can't even have internet. Like, so like, yeah, bitch all you want, but you know, but yeah. so what I'm saying is like, okay, that makes sense. The, the, the cost of equipment, but if we're going to, if we're going to talk about a huge shift in the country of, of all those profits going from one country, sorry, going from one company or three companies to VTR, they might make more profit in the long term. Also, if they're scared that, because Boric has mentioned this, the, the um, nationalization of their own internet services. Right. Because Boric might be, he has mentioned before that the internet needs to be like a right that Chileans have. So imagine then competing as a huge corporation, charging a lot of money, competing with something for free, or you could have BTR, which is sort of middle ground, right? It's probably going to be better than whatever's free nationally. It's fascinating. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not an expert on this. It's, it's just going through my head. Yeah, it's, it's just going through just, my head. I'm just wondering how they're going to keep this up over the period of I don't know, 50 years. At some point, hey, they have to weasel themselves out of that. I mean, who? who I don't know the answer. I think mm. it's fascinating, and it's either genius or 
absolutely fucking stupid and i can't tell quite yet what it is yeah story so, of my life yeah and so because like the ceo uh, vivek kimka yeah saw that he has a yeah he said don't know where that he's from the so. internet is essential people's lives so we understand that we have to adapt it was time to radically improve the value of proposition and simplify our offerings once and for all we listened to what people needed and delivered it to them simplicity and affordability I don't know, dude, like this is going to be an interesting thing. There's something going on here. I don't know what it is. What's happening? Because again, if they're offering (laughs) really cheap internet, if they offer really, really cheap internet, it might be that if Bordich wants to have his own nationalized internet, it might be cheaper to buy BTR for the government. And then that company will never not make profit. Just say it. Could be. Could be. I don't know what's happening, but somebody, somebody get on our Discord at the $10 level and tell us. Stay stay (laughs) tuned, folks. I want to know everything. Anyway, that's all I got for news today. It was a lot, but um, super interesting things happened in the past couple of weeks. I got a last titty bitty. And yes, I know I just said titty. And I'm going to say You said that because there's more women in Congress now. How dare you? Yeah. And double as many titties. So. Mm The CERNAC, which is the National Consumer Service, they launched a credit card comparison tool, which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah, I forgot. This, this tool allows you to compare like maintenance costs, cost for cash advance, advances, and the cost for buying in installments. And it also lets you see the conditions of your credit card, like uh, commission for international purchases. So I just, I looked it up, I checked it out. Like the interface is a bit clunky, but it works all right. And unfortunately, it has no like snappy URL or like, nothing nothing like that so just it's http slash slash colon oh, yeah, and colon slash slash and it's like some string of symbols whatever what just was that Google thing people used to do short short link slash bitly or what no 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 it was like a thing that people used to put like a long html and then they would like put it in a generator and it would make like a short yeah yeah like oh yeah short like i think bitly does the same thing it's like a yeah it used to have a funny shortener. name though yeah, yeah. it used to have a funny name like uh, short short internet guy or something it was cute yeah. shortener thingy so yeah so basically <laughs> just go on uh go on google google sernac comparador tarjeta de créditos and then there, there you find it so I actually found out that the credit card that I have and use most is actually one of the most expensive one on the market. I was like, okay. So well, um, there you go. Yeah, I gotta reconsider that. But you know, apparently, at, at least it doesn't. You know, it doesn't charge me like um, commission when I buy something abroad, which is good. You know, so and also it's like um, it's like what 130 Lucas maintenance cost, but years I just pay like four or five Lucas um, a month, which is. Well, I'd rather yeah. not pay it, but it's okay. It's just not going to break my back, right? So I think it's kind of like an important tool for like the, let's say for the general financial education for the people here, because, you know, it's not a lot of that going on. People just are indebted like crazy. So a bit more information they're either out there. Indebted like, they're either indebted like crazy or they like don't even have a bank. It's yeah. really crazy. There's well, still so every... many people in Chile that don't have banks. Well, well they do have a cuenta root. I mean, that's... I mean, every Chilean has a yeah. Quinta root. I mean, just like doesn't use it. Like right. my, one There's of my Chilean something friends to be telling, said about like financial education here, you know? It, yeah. Well, and also just like, I, bleh, 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 bleh. um, 
I'm trying to remember one of my friends was teaching at a school, but like, a, like, you know, like a public school sort of out in the regions. And they were just trying to send emails out to the, the families and one of the teacher or she was, and the teacher's like, you can't do that. They, like they don't have computers and they definitely don't have emails. And they, they like, cause it was like asking for their bank information so that they could like deposit something. I don't know. I don't remember the story, but like, they're like, no, 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 nobody has a, they don't have a bank. Mm. They don't use it. Or they do, or they just don't, they don't use it. Right. Because right. again, like if you own a, like a vegetable stand, you're making all of your money in cash mm. and it's just not worth it for those people to like go to a bank, stand in line, deposit it. And then like where they're, where they live in the regions, they're going to go buy their grocery stores from the mini market and use cash anyway. Cause you can't use credit cards there anyway. So, you know, yeah, I digress. Yeah, I get that. So so yeah, I thought that was a little nifty little tool. I agree. Quite nifty. Okay, so uh, Linny. Yes. We're finally getting to our thing. So tell them we're going to have two episodes, right? About yes. the migration crisis. Yeah, tell this, them- is, this is becoming a pattern. Well, this one we're we're trying to organize into two different episodes for like cohesion's sake as well, because this is quite sticky, the subject. Yeah. And it's a bit complicated at times. So as you could probably could have, you know, told by the title of the episode, we're talking about the migration crisis up there in the north, which has been a, an issue for at least the last year, if not longer than that. <clears throat> so oh, we thought let's take a little deep dive into this whole Much thing, longer. see what's going on why things are going on, why things are as they are, and uh, give you a little explainer from our absolutely professional point of view. Yeah. Absolutely. Quite and, educated. Yep. And let me just... In like, this very specific thing. Yeah. Let me just give you a little COA here. We're not professionals. We're nothing. We're no lawyers. No. We're just reading the news and trying to form our own pictures and making sense of this whole thing. So... We like news. We like reading. We, we like, like talking. News. But besides that, um, we are not qualified to do anything. Um, we're just friends and you're listening to us. We hope it just feels like we're having a nice little casual conversation over beers and you're about listening this. to the Chili Today podcast. You really do have a nice uh, voice well, when it comes thank you. to. Thank you. Yeah. So how is this going to okay. work, Lenny? How are we dividing these episodes? So, yeah, I basically pretty much spent good part of that weekend reading up on this whole thing and structuring this thing so i was thinking about let's let's structure it like this part one i'm gonna talk we are gonna talk about uh, the, i'm gonna <laughs> sit let's here see gonna, in and silence you, you go shut up so we're gonna talk about <laughs> women don't part. talk on this podcast <laughs> because we're modern we're going to talk about the causes of the crisis in general and then a little bit more specific about how the whole situation in Venezuela factors in there and also the, the COVID pandemic. We're going to talk a little bit about the little small border town of Colchane, which has been like the focal point of most of the things that have been going on up there. Mm -hmm. And we're going to give you a little timeline of events starting when around February 2021 because this is kind of like when things are really started to get heated right. up and you know politically things started happening and spinning right. out of control this will be part one and then in part two we're gonna try to analyze a little bit more where the problems are like what could have been done differently what can still be done 
differently? Where are the problems with the current legislation, et cetera? So, so why do we have this problem on our hands? And also kind of take a quick look at what can we do now? Like, how, how could this be solved? So where do we uh, go from here? Exactly. So look forward to that. Yeah, I'm excited about about talking about it. Um, I think it's important to mention that uh, immigration, racism, all these kinds of xenophobic things have been happening before this crisis. This is just like one of sort of those things where it has come to a head based on a lot of different factors that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, exactly. So, so let's first start off with the causes of the crisis. Like, you know, as we already said, like Chile has experienced a surge of refugees hailing from other countries of the American continent. And... Chile's foreign population has risen by 19.4% in two years alone. Just try, you put that mm -hmm. in your pipe and smoke it. Like this has, there has been a huge yeah. influx of foreigners in the last couple of years. So this particular mm -hmm. migration crisis started in 2020 and sort of reached its peak in October, 2021, even though the jury's right. kind of out of that was the worst, like the worst it got, it got uh, the worst it got or not. So according to the Jesuit, Jesuit, how do you say that? Jesuit migrants, Jesuit. the Jesuit migrant service, which is an institution you're going to hear a couple of oh, times about. Lot. Yep, that comes up a lot here. According to the Jesuit migrant services in 2010, there were some 305,000 immigrants in Chile, which constitute which constituted about one this point. exact same information oh yeah like i i ran across this exact like the same like number three times it's just yeah. crazy so they say like they had we had in 2010 we had 305,000 immigrants in chile which were about 1.8 percent of the overall population in 2020 this number has quintupled to 1.5 million and now mm -hmm. it constitutes 7.5 percent of the overall population so right i didn't find the complete numbers for 2021 yet because i guess like they still have they still like need a complete year in terms of statistics which what so i'm not sure what the jesuit service of migrants is really because chile has their own census and i didn't think it was that high in the chilean census actually i'm gonna look right the fuck right. now i think the jesuit I, mean, I haven't really looked into that but my my best guess is that the jesuit migrant service is kind of like just an ngo that it advocates for the rights of uh, immigrants you know and i guess they get sure. the information from the national statistics institute as everybody else yeah, I mean, like, I was just wondering what the actual, because Pineda did the census, right? And I mm -hmm. am interested in what those numbers are. So I might find them. I might not. It, yeah. uh, you know, there you go. So anyway, keep going. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so let's I'll talk allow a little it. bit. Let's see. Oh, so generous. Let's talk I about know. the Venezuelan exodus, so to speak, in particular. So what we call the Venezuelan exodus is now modern history's second largest mass migration event after the Syrian refugee crisis in 2015. Just try to wrap your head around that. Like this is huge what is happening right now in Venezuela. Huge. Huge. So mm -hmm. Venezuelans usually prefer Chile as a destination to escape the precarious situation in their own country because Chile has a relatively stable economic situation and comparatively stable immigration uh, simple immigration process and there's also yeah, especially stability in chile you know there's yes and also the, yeah. um i also wanted to comment have commented before that the um pineta did create a special like um path to citizenship for venezuelans specifically mm -hmm. um 
that is much easier than a lot of other countries. Mm -hmm. So I think that is important as well as one, another reason why Chile is a very appealing destination for Venezuelans and also Venezuelans are highly educated. And so they're looking for, for jobs and Chile's got a lot of jobs because of, as you said, the stable economy. Yep. And actually let's hang on to what you just said. Like he has more than once openly invited Venezuelan nationals to come to Chile. Yeah. Supposedly to mark a counterpoint to Maduro's authoritarian regime. I think that was kind of like his political play there. He just wanted to be like, right. okay, we're a democratic you know, government and not like this guy. Right. So in March 2018, he said, and I quote, we will continue to receive Venezuelans in Chile because we have a duty of solidarity. And I never forget that when Chile lost its democracy, Venezuela was very generous with Chileans looking for new opportunities. That, and I think a year later, he was in in Cucuta, which is like a border town in Colombia, which borders to Venezuela. So he he actually traveled there. I don't know why. And he had a speech there. And he said also, and I quote again, there's, no, there's nothing more perverse, more cruel, more inhumane than a regime that denies humanitarian aid to its own people <laughs> and, uh, place, and uh, places the lives of more than 300,000 Venezuelans at risk. That has no forgiveness from God. Mind you, this was before the estate of social. So I think that's important to point exactly. out. Exactly. I was like, hmm. So as you already mentioned before, basically following these assurances, like, you know, you know, Venezuelans come over to Chile. Pineda government created the democratic responsibility visa, which would allow Venezuelans to obtain a temporal residency for the period of a year. However, this came with its own set of problems. <laughs> And I'm going to touch upon that later in the, in the second part of this whole thing. But it was not as easy to obtain as people, as you would believe it, it, it was. So that, that was one problem. There. Surprise, surprise. Yep. Now, as you already mentioned, like Venezuela, the, a lot of Venezuelans that came here are highly educated people. Many are accountants, mm -hmm. engineers. Yeah, because medics. in Venezuela, you can go to university for free. <laughs> Just saying. Right. The university is still free. Well, you know, and also you got to say, like, basically the first to flee a country are the ones that have the most means. So there, you know, so you have a lot of accountants, engineers, medics, lawyers, whatever, but they have to pay, they have to accept low paying jobs to meet the visa requirements, mm -hmm. because as long as their title has not been validated, which is an arduous process here in Chile, uh, yes, which been through can it. Take years, like yep. they cannot apply for a, a temporary residency. So what they mm -hmm. need to do instead is they need to accept a low paying job to get a visa sujeto contrato while they wait for the validation. Yes. The thing But. that people know, like I'm, I'm adding on to what you said. Yeah. We've talked about, again, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Um, but if you're just tuning in, like immigrating is fucking hard. It's fucking hard and it's expensive. Immigrating and is denigrating. Boom. I said it. Damn son. Damn. You got it. Immigrating is, it shouldn't be, but it like, it's, So it's hard kind of a sad t-shirt if it was a t-shirt. I was like, it should be a t-shirt. No, way. that, way. that just makes be. me sad <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah, might be true, but no, but it's so, here's the thing. Like when you first immigrate here, you have to wait till your visa is approved before, or you, you have to wait until you're at least in tramite with your visa, which can take anywhere from like six to a months to a year before you can even start working before you can even start legally working. So imagine you got to have money for all of that time to legally start working. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. You got to have money to support yourself and your family if you're here with your family in, in order to survive that time period, right? 
And so then once you have that, you have to wait for, like you said, your degree to get certified. Then once you do get approved, it costs probably a million pesos total for you to pay for your visa. That's not considering you having the problems with the way that they rent property here, which is you have to have like a bank account, which you can't get a bank account in Chile until you have your first visa. Like there are so many things. And so one of the things I know that we're going to talk about is people like screaming about illegal immigrants. It is fucking hard to be a legal immigrant. <laughs> like yeah. it is fucking hard. Like g- give me my papers, bitches. I want them. I'll do everything. Like I'm, I'm legal. I'm, I'm, like estado regular in the country, but I have been in this state of processing for over two years. You just went out of your way to clear that up, huh? Here's the thing. You got nothing to hide, Bethany? I got nothing to hide. But here's the thing. I have like been like, oh, give me my visa now before on our Instagram page. And somebody's like, you're illegal. And I was like, okay, calm down. No, I'm not. But the only reason I'm not, well, not the only reason, but one of the reasons I'm not is because I have a previous visa that has allowed me to work. And so the idea is you're just like bleeding over into your next visa. Right. But imagine if I didn't have my first visa, I would have been two over two years waiting to be able to Mm. legally work in this country. And so then you protest and they're like, Oh, look at this illegal bitch over here. She doesn't pay taxes and fuck her. It's like, I mean, you can, you can, you can work when you're in Tramite. I mean, I've been that man. I I'm, but you have to get in Tramite first. I mean, I got lucky in so far that I got here at a point where like the immigration process and I guess, you know, for Europeans too, you know, that was a lot easier. So, I mean, I still had to wait around like a year to get my freaking visa, but, and still a couple of months to get into Tramites, but you know, I I could work then and I could work in my profession. That was actually the most important thing because I was able to like start the validation process from home already. And that didn't take that long. Now it's a different story. And now and I'm going to talk, I'm going to like, you know, talk about this now because actually I want to talk about this in the second part. Like a lot of times right now, you cannot even enter the country without a prior permit that you need to request yeah. at the Chilean consulate in your own country. Yeah, yeah. Which this is, is different. Shitty. Like I yeah. was at least able to come here on a tourist visa, take care of business here, wait it yeah. out, live off my savings. And then they were like, okay, Andramiti, you're good to go. They can't do this That's anymore. exactly what I did. And I they came had here. to leave the country. I didn't have to leave my country. I was cool, you know? Yeah. Like I, yeah, that's the thing is I had the privilege of coming here being like, I love Chile, finding somebody who would give me a contract applying and then, you know, getting, getting in tramite, applying for a working temporary working visa, all of the things that you did. Now you can't do that. You have to be in your country. Imagine, imagine, thank you so much, Pineda, that I can like get this visa, but I have to apply from outside of Chile before I can go and then get accepted, which I hear is not that actual aspect, at least in Venezuela, from what I've heard from my Venezuelan friends, is not that hard. But now it has really, really, really discouraged other people that would have been like you and I, who would have like one reason I came to Chile is because it's so super easy to immigrate here. Mm -hmm. I watched a documentary the other day about a girl and she was a gringa in Chile and she was like, I moved to Chile because it's so easy to immigrate here. I'm like, oh man, the immigrants are... Dropping like flies. That's your heart. Yeah. I mean, you and I both know being in ter- like in, in the events planning business for bilingual audiences that the, the amount of just people coming here to find jobs and working from other countries has just like, at least from like students, backpackers, things like that has yeah. dropped off a lot. 
and since this stuff yeah. has changed so yeah i mean i get yes I, I think the pandemic and the stau social also has something to do no with that. I, I meant bef- before that like yeah. it was our audiences were already starting to change which is fine like it but it's just like that sort of gringo community changed yeah yeah because it was harder I mean, the, for I mean, people the, the, to the come whole here immigration process was actually quite liberalized but i think they made it harder again when the pandemic started if i'm not mistaken or you think it got harder before that I got harder. No, I know that it got harder before that because mm-hmm. Pineda changed a lot of policies that affected me when I was applying for my, because I had my temporary and I was applying for my definitiva. And yep. when I was applying, I sort of like slid right into like right after where they changed it. So I had to relearn everything. Like I had thought I knew what I was going to apply for. And then I was like, nope, no, no new thing. No, and that was right before the pandemic because I applied right before the pandemic. And then the pandemic happened and everything just collapsed. Everything just went um, to shit, yeah. And that, that's pandemic related, not necessarily even just like bureaucracy related. Right. All right. But let me just, I mean, but everybody yeah. who's listening here, you should definitely immigrate here because it's a really wonderful place to live, I promise. <laughs> and, you know, become one of our sponsors in the Patreon because so you can actually talk to us. Yeah, we can, we can walk you through the immigration process through the Discord and the information will be there forever. So there you go. Okay, Bethany is going to walk you through the immigration process. Thank you, Bethany. I mean, I don't know if I'm a, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, okay, yeah. up front, not a lawyer. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Not that. Oh, oh. Also, also. Warning for people: there are no immigration lawyers in Chile. If somebody says they're an immigration lawyer, they are not. No. I'm just that letting you know no there thing. is no such thing as an immigration lawyer in Chile. There, there are people who are lawyers who work, who can help you with immigration. Right. But if somebody is out there saying that they are an immigration lawyer in Chile, they are lying, and there's a lot of scammers there's out no there. So just be careful. Specialty. There's no such specialty gotcha. in Chile. Gotcha just fyi there's a lot of scammers out there all right okay uh, let okay. me get a little back on track here so i was just mentioning that you know just like 15 minutes ago that like a lot of the venezuelans that came here were like highly specialized professionals now mm-hmm. this is changing bit by bit because as the situation is getting more dire in venezuela also the poorer people let's say the the uh, what's the better way to say it the economically underprivileged people are also leaving the country now so this might change this is changing the demographics a little bit in terms of um, educational background and also because traveling to Chile by air is difficult for them more difficult than for a engineer with a well-paying job you know even though that was difficult enough with the way that the Bolivar is right now you know more and more people actually are choosing to travel to Chile via land. Now I've seen this. Okay, I gotta I gotta do a little sideline here. I just got <laughs> saw a few weeks ago this this I don't know if you call it a meme. It's more like a fake news picture. People was like, oh yeah, um, like how are the super? You really think they are walked all the way from Venezuela to Chile? Just like do the math. This is like a socialist invasion. I'm just like, buddy, no, they're not walking. Like they're hitchhiking, they're taking <laughs> buses. Like, yes, they're walking, but not only. Like, dude, yeah, like, this like is... they're walking over the border because that's what you do, because no bus is going through the border, but they're yeah. not walking from this. But they that's only walk if they have to. I mean, they hitchhike, they take buses, whatever. It is it is a thing. But yeah, they're getting to Chile via land. So now So this is where the the cl- the, cr- the cruncher, cluncher, cl- clutch. 
this is where the big the point crotch. of the, the cr- crotch. Ah! Ah, this is <laughs> this where, is where the, the crutch is. is. Yeah. This is where the clutch is, apparently. The clutch, yeah, the, cl- is- the, cl- the clicker. Right. And this is why we have <laughs> so many. Help me. This is why we have so many Venezuelans at the border right now because of the fucked up situation in their own country. More and more people taking the land way to Chile. Pinera being like, come over here and then be like, who are you guys? You know, <laughs> we never invited you in the first place. Now, yeah. while in 2021, there were like 8,000 Venezuelan nationals living in Chile. In sorry, in 20, I think I wrote this down. No, I think I wrote this down. Incorrectly. 2020. I think, I think in 2010, like there were only 8,000 Venezuelan nationals yeah. living in Chile. This number has grown more than, okay, sit yeah. down for that, has grown more than 60 fold to 500,000 people in 2020. Let me repeat this again. From 8,000 to 5,000 in, I think, 10 years. 500,000. 500,000, right. We have the same less years. It's just crazy. We we read the same articles. Right. Yeah, no, but this is like an information that has been repeated throughout various articles. So this is making basically Venezuelans the largest migrant group in the country. So there. This is why we have so many Venezuelans in Chile right now. And you know, knocking at the door at the border. Now, another thing is, it's not only Venezuelans, of course, because there has also been a lot of economic hardship due to the pandemic, you know? In lots of countries. And other major immigrant groups include Peruvians, Ecuadorians, Colombians, Haitians, and Dominicans. So now- And Bolivians. And Bolivians too, right? And while some of them, not all of them, are living in otherwise- politically relatively stable countries not Haitians you know <laughs> not, definitely not but yeah. some of them the pandemic has really wreaked havoc on the home country's economy and many have lost their jobs so again Chile's economic and political stability makes it an attractive destination for refugees looking to start over I, I think something interesting to point out is like this it's sort of the same kind of idea that happens with um like with the U.S., right? Like people see the success of the U.S., whether it's on television or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like some people living in the U.S. is like, why would you come here? And it's like people look at Chile and like see all of the good parts of Chile because we haven't been so successful with our vaccines. We do have a lot of, yeah, we do have the largest, yeah, the giant phallus in the sky that's the largest building in South America. We do have a, you know, a lot of big giant things. We had a billionaire president. We have you know, these projections of how much money the country's going to make, right? You see the shiny things and you, you think that, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, which of course, if your family's starving, it, it is, it is going to be greener. Else, yeah. but, you don't even um, mind if it's yellow, at least there's grass, you know? <laughs> yeah. At least there is grass. Right. Um, so I think that's something to consider that people may also be like coming here with expectations of getting jobs that might not necessarily be there because it's still chile still although we still have a large poverty rate in our own right yeah so i think they i don't know man i I think they know that like i I can't be sure i can't be sure i think people have more or less realistic expectations but as you said like like the situations in a lot of their home countries are just so fucked they go like you know might as well Sure. No, no, no. I know. I know that. Especially in the case, I, I, a hundred percent, like if you just like, I need a change. Absolutely. But I guess it's also the thing where like gringos come to Chile and they only stay in Santiago and they're like, oh man, Santiago is like, uh, Chile is so, so advanced. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yes, but no. <laughs> I mean, again, have you been to the regions? Right. You know, they don't have internet and they don't have, you Hashtag know. Hashtag Santiago knows Chile. Yeah, exactly. So 
um I don't know. It's this weird, well, like, dichotomy of, of like that was actually idealism. Nice, and... That was a nice segue. Let me let, let me let me talk. I a little did bit. it on purpose. Not. Let me talk a little bit about the Colchani. I always want to say cold chain because it sounds so much cooler, but it's Colchani. Oh, cold chain. It... Oh, it's gonna be cold chain now. Yeah, cold chain. I mean, it would be Colchani. But that sounds like an English last name or something, like Lord Col- Lord 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 Colchain. Col- I don't know, Lord, Lord Edwin, Edwin Colchain. Colchain the fourth. Yeah, he founded that city. You know, I wouldn't Col- be surprised. Actually, I gotta, I gotta. Colchainenberg. Just... <laughs> yeah, no, I gotta Google that. So. So the small city of Colchain has been the <laughs> by Colchane has been the 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 focal point for most of the events related to right, this right, right. migration crisis. Talk. Now, Colchane is a small town with no sewers, no pharmacies, yeah. no yeah. supermarkets. They don't even have round-the-clock electricities, and it's actually one of Chile's poorest communities. Now, giving you some stats yeah. because I know that you love it when I give you stats. So oh, that was numbers 19... just turned me on. Yeah, oof, I know. There was a 2017 poll by Kassen and Odepa, which says that 16.9% of the population doesn't have access to running water. And we're talking about Colchana mm-hmm. right now. 21.7% have no access to electricity. And as I said before, like even those with access to electricity don't even have 24-hour, 24-7 electricity. Mm-hmm. 99.9% do not have a home internet connection, talking about what we just talked before. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 21.7%, curiously the same percentage as the same uh, as the people that don't have access to electricity, 21.7% are illiterate. The average school attendance of is 8.5 years, and which I've seen worse, to be honest, but yeah, it's not great. Sure. And 63.5% live in conditions of multidimensional poverty. So life's not great there. Life's not great. And there no. are currently an estimated total of 3,000 migrants stranded in Cochane, which in and of itself only has around 300 inhabitants. So they have like 10 times as many immigrants stranded in the town that then it has inhabitants itself, you know. Mm-hmm. And added to that, according to the mayor's office of Cochane, there are about 300 to 400 people on average that arrive in town after having crossed the border. And these people are absolutely in a bad way like they get there dehydrated right. or with severe health issues he, due to the long journey and they die the and they die yeah and it's just a whole shitload of problems for this small little town now why this yeah. small town because this particular border crossing point which is right where Colchane is it sees a lot of heavy traffic because it's less guarded than the less hard to travel and the more direct entry points along the Chilean and Peruvian border you know right now in all of 2020 there were about like 13,000 registered cases of illegal border crossing near Colchane by Venezuelan nationals, if I understood that right. And in this, for only in this first seven months of 2021, this number was already around 18,000. So basically 68% more than all of 2020. We're only talking about the first seven months of 2021. So this, this town had to put up with a lot of stuff very quickly. So just for contrast, I just said that we're talking about 18,000 Venezuelan. The second largest group that accounted for illegal entry at the border crossing were Bolivians with about 3,000 people, which is nothing, you know, if you compare it to, right. the, to the Venezuelan. Comparatively, right. Comparatively, right. So this whole overpopulation that, that Colchane is facing right now, it brings its own set of problems. Now, the Colchane's right. mayor's There's very office, little support, very little, yeah. so they would, well, they can get very, yeah. very little support 
from the capital and Absolutely. the needs that Colchane, 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 Colchane. needs. Colchane. <laughs> this sounds like a the, rapper. The Coltrane. Coltrane. Yeah. The Col- Coltrane. Oh, isn't that like, Col- what is it I'm thinking? John Coltrane? Coltrane? No, I- Coltrane. <laughs> John Coltrane, the saxophone player. John Coltrane. Yeah. So Coltrane hasn't had any support from the Capitol. We but haven't he played seen him mean perform sax. at all. No, but I mean, like, this is a thing also that Boris talked about a lot in his um, in his campaign. Like, the, the Capitol really likes to ignore the regions because honestly, like, all of the people, the, the government officials, like, I mean, we have the vast majority of the population in the Capitol, so right. the regions just sort of get ignored. But there is a legitimate crisis going on in the regions with this immigration. Now, I want to say right here and right now that I support, I I am a supporter of immigration. I am supporting these people. They are coming and they are trying to get their, they're trying to survive. I'm a, I'm an immigrant. They're trying, they, they are, I am an immigrant and I have so many privileges. I cannot imagine having to like, you know, not even like saying walking, like hitchhiking with your kid, getting on a bus, asking strangers for help, going to a place. Hitchhiking with your kids when you are a woman traveling alone, that just that level of danger. I can't even imagine having a kid. I can't even imagine being a woman alone traveling. Like I can't, what these people go through. And, you know, we're going to talk more about like the, once they get here, the difficulties that they still experience once they get here, like the horrible things that happen to them and they still do it. These people, like, it's, I can't even fathom. So, like, these people are fucking heroes to me doing what they need to do to survive. And I don't know. It's just it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And then the people of Coltrane um, just existing in Chile, like, we're sitting here in Santiago being able to see the tallest building in South America from our windows, like, you know, nice going dick. to our, yeah, and just, like, enjoying our lives while, like, yeah. people in Coltrane don't have podcasts. internet and- Right. And people in Colchain, like in the country that we live in, it's Chilean citizens, like not having running water. Like yeah. this is, it's, it's crazy. Like that's, that's, it's like two different crises have crises happening at the same time. Yeah. It's, and it's, and it's not exacerbating only, each other. Right. And, you know, like this whole thing, like the, all the problems that Colchain had, Colchain, fuck's sake, Colchane had from the get-go, like, you know, with the electricity and running water and illiteracy and whatever. Now, compounded to that, this whole over- overpopulation basically triggered a huge surge in crime. So according to the prosecutor's office report, the homicides in the, re- in the region, not only Colchane, but in the Tarapacá region, grew by 183% the last year to the point of registering yeah. one every 48 hours, drug trafficking increased by 42%, migrant nice. trafficking increased by 501%, the possession of sharp weapons also increased by 124%. Now, so I've read at some point, somebody saying that the region is currently going through a triple crisis, COVID-19 for one, the search and crime rates for, and the migration crisis. This is the third one, right? Now, hey, and let's do fourth, be- poverty. Yes. Yeah, that's true, you know, and, but let's, let's actually, I'd be amiss not to point out something a little bit because 
you got to say that the migration is not necessarily the main cause for search and crime rates, like, because, you know. No, of course. I think the that... COVID pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic is a likely driver for that. Like, don't confuse yeah. causation with correlation here, you know. And no, even no, no, if no. there is a causal relationship, the immigrants are not necessarily the perpetrators here, you know. Like, one could say oh. that human trafficking is a driver for crime, but not necessarily perpetrated by the victims of human suffering but other elements that see the opportunity to frame them for it. Do you know what I mean? You follow me? You feel me? No, I know what you're saying. And I mean, it is it is proven that people who are desperate to get across the borders, especially as you said, women or maybe women with small children become victims of sex trafficking a lot because they, right. somebody will come, maybe, you know, some people will say like, I can give you a ride across the border, Yeah. you know, and then they take their passports and suddenly like, they are now being sex trafficked and this happens all the time. Or you're a woman who shows up um, across the border alone and you get easily easily sex trafficked i mean this happens all the time in really metropolitan cities just imagine if you don't have any resources or any money or anything like and that's not the immigrants aren't the ones doing that right this is people taking like this is people right. sh being shitty like, and, again you know, shitty people gonna shit yeah and okay wait let's be real i mean of course there are going to be refugees that uh, commit oh, crimes duh. but out of necessity right, of you know what do you want to do you know poverty and, uh, like and, in, yeah, instigates right. desperation which instigates the, right. the push towards crime i mean and, we know and, this you know and sure there's the occasional bad apple like i don't want to that's also a thing you know like of course but all you apples know, are bad, don't you yeah, know? Yeah, of course. You know, it's so not you my gotta... favorite fruit. <laughs> well, apples, I like <laughs> apples. It was juicy, so uh, it's a thing. But what, it's not. What other juicy fruit because... do you like? Bananas. Sorry. <laughs> it's not really juicy, Peaches. is it? Peaches. I love <laughs> bananas. I love not juicy. Nectarines. I love nectarines, man. Uh, honeydew. Uh, peaches. Mm, food. Anyway, <laughs> eggplant. What? Keep going. All right. So, so we started. So now we got a whole bunch. We got like thousands and thousands of poor immigrants stranded in Kolchane. Kolchane people be like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like they just didn't know what. Yeah, like them. overnight they went from right. this like people who were just trying to survive to like people now yeah. now like because obviously this happened like people fighting for the meager scraps that yeah, they had absolutely right and of course these people don't want to stay in Colchana because it's not the destination of the dream so what what are they doing now they continue the direct from Colchana to the coastal town of Iquique which is about uh, which is like 235 Iquique. kilometers or 100 miles asked me when they huh? as one person asked me one gringo asked me Canadians actually when I, they came here asking if I would tell them a little bit about Iquique and I didn't know <laughs> what they were talking about. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna start calling that from now on. This is the cutest thing ever. Colchain and equiqui. Yeah. I was like, they were like, oh, do you like equiqui? And I was like, excuse me, equiqui. You, know, you said, excuse me. Excuse me. And then they were like equiqui, you know, in the north. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And 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 eventually, I figured out that they were talking about ikike, and I was like. Oh, and then I laughed at them right in their face because it was a cute, it was a cute thing. It was and cute. then they started crying and they turned around and went away. Good yeah. job, Bethany. So they are <laughs> I'm very welcoming. So basically, the immigrants, what they're doing from Kolchane to Iquique, they make the way there, walk, hitchhike, bus, whatever. And then the idea for them is, of course, continue the journey 
down south to Santiago because which is the main destination for I don't want to say all immigrants but most immigrants now Santiago there's shops is, here yeah because and and shops or jobs 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 right I mean both yeah but yeah I mean yeah there's both of these things yeah so now Santiago is about 1,800 kilometers which is 1,120 miles down south so they can't just walk there okay no no we are in the long thing is country like, once they get to Iquique uh, there's another pileup happening because, in part, many Americans they don't have either the means to pay for a bus ticket down there, or they mm-hmm. do not have the COVID nineteen vaccine requirements to re- continue the travel by bus. Because remember, if you want to get into a long distance bus, you got to show them proof of vaccinations. Yep. Now these people don't have that either because they are not vaccinated in the first place, or they have like a I don't know Bolivian, Venezuelan, Ecuadorian, Venezuelan thing that has not been. Um, has not been uh, how do you say no well here's the thing is you have to get your vaccination by the the government accepted by the government and it can take weeks to do that and again you gotta have internet to do that right like you gotta submit you gotta be be legal here you know you gotta be legal here in the first well i mean you don't have to be legal here to get your vaccines approved because if you're visiting chile on a tourist visa you still have to get them approved you have to submit them and you're legal because you're on a tourist visa but oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. Okay, yeah 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 these guys are but not st- yeah, yeah exactly that's the thing exactly. like, they so have no in- recourse that's the thing right 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 right. so this is the situation well i guess there. then the excuse from from the right would be like well they shouldn't be here anyways they shouldn't be here legally. Take our buses. yeah exactly so, so that's the you thing you don't so- get to take a bus you gotta walk you gotta earn you gotta that earn. now you so this is it. so this is what's going on in colchana and in iquique right now in iquique now let me give you let me give you a little timeline of events there because starting early 2021 and especially later 2021 things really started shit really started hitting the fan. So in February on February 9th 2021 the Ministry of the Interior announced the Plan Colchane, no, the coal chain plan which among other things aimed to improve the infrastructure of the locality, you know, continue people how to play saxophone. <laughs> That'd be so great. I'd be there. We should send Diego there, man. Diego Blanco. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, inside joke. Inside the, lo- joke. The, the listeners love that. Yeah, like we never crack know. inside they jokes don't. at all. No, no, no. Though we do have people who listen that know who we're talking right. about. Right. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the the part of the the plan channel was to improve the infrastructure of the locality. Uh, basically give them continuous electricity supply, sanitary residencies for immigrants. That was also an idea, but they also included deployment of the armed forces and unmanned drones for border control yep. purposes and deportation yep. threats. So this is when this whole thing started, which mind you- This is where we're ramping already, up. We're ramping up. Yeah, we're, with, we're, we're, we're escalating right now. Escalating right, which was, the which was about like a year after this whole thing had already happened. I mean, like the government this, has this been a is... little late there, you know? Yeah, we're, we're creating high tensions at this point exactly let's jump seven months into the future september 25th 2021 now the situation then came to a head in Iquique, Iquique? when a massive Iquique. yeah there was a massive protest to, which oh, actually started horrible. to principally we talked about this before right like it was principally to criticize the government's handling of the migration crisis or rather lack thereof and they were asking for the resignation of the regional president delegate Miguel Angel Quesada and asking for the closing of the border but this thing eventually turned violent and, and it was a group of protesters burning tents and belongings anti-immigrant of some protesters of the, 
of the migrants that have settled in some of the public spaces around town, right? Now, right. Gotta, Let's not gloss over this. I want to, I want to. No, I don't want to gloss I, over that, actually. So, I, okay, you say a part first because, yeah. Well, I just want to say, like, okay, so we have like extremist anti immigrants that were protesting, it got violent. Um, and instead of it being what it was initially supposed to be about, which was a protest against the government's handling of it, yeah. it became fuck all immigrants. They then took immigrants who have nothing, right? We've just talked about how they absolutely had nothing, took their tents, took baby blankets, took like strollers, took clothes and burned them waving Chilean flags. It yeah. was horrible, took their masks, took their- it was absolutely like disgusting these people doing this and they were like waving Chilean flags and being like Viva Chile and it was like for me like I was so fucking embarrassed and angry and like how do you how do you take a baby stroller from someone who has nothing a mattress from someone who has a tent and burn it and I mean it really shows you how how I don't know if that's the right term but like how mass hysteria can really devolve into something really ugly because and I want to I hope they're fucking ashamed of themselves because I that was that was I I, I think I I would say most of them are because like I think it's easy to get caught up in these things in a way there was this guy uh, Jose Tomas Vicuña who was the ex-director of the Jesuit Migrant Service and he said and I think he's right about that he said like the the cause of the strike the main cause was the inaction of the government and not the migration per se like the whole thing didn't start out as a strike against migration they were just like hey guys we got a problem on our hands like you the government need to fix this help us please like but it is but it is but it even if that's true there is obviously an underlying xenophobic racist hate that exists there i mean because it's like oh this was all really supposed to be about the government of course because you're not going to get approval to have an anti-immigrant rally right (laughs) Um, from the government so because this could be both of these things at the same time because how does it escalate to burning of immigrants things if it was we no 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 we don't care about the immigrants fine welcome open arms because that i don't I don't, I don't why didn't wanna... we burn why, why didn't they burn government buildings why was the immigrants like useless and like, because like they're the things... easier targets you know and i don't want to digress too much i'm absolutely armchair psychologizing here but like the i think it's just like easy if you're in a situation like that where you just feel completely overwhelmed you're just looking for the most vulnerable target the scapegoat and that yeah but we'll fuck you anyway point. like you know yeah. yeah but it's no excuse and fuck that person no, it's, it's I'm not like... an excuse it's not an excuse but i think it's an explanation because i mean that's a typical psychological Right, that but that doesn't know? mean it's forgivable, and it doesn't mean that that person. Again, oh, I'm not, is not saying a that. Person. No, I'm not saying that. I'm no, no, no. I know, no, you're not saying that. I'm just making my like yeah, own right. like soapbox. Yeah, <laughs> statement about it. Yeah, just like, just like I, I, I can't like I don't care like I, I got my own belief systems. I got my own stuff. I just can't imagine taking something from a kid and burning it, no matter what I'm hyped up about. You know, right. <laughs> even the things I hate the most in the world. Yeah. Like I don't, I can't see me taking like a kid's the kid is is innocent like if there were a bunch of nazis in the street right i fucking hate those guys let's punch them but if the little kid was being dragged along who doesn't know what the fuck's happening and was like not like a little kid i'd be like you're a nazi kid though let me take your little doll and burn it like Mm. what like i i don't i maybe i'm being naive with what i'm saying but i really don't think i would do that yeah that's the thing it's like you never know until you're in this situation i would also like believe that i wouldn't be like that but i don't know you know that's that's it's a tough thing it's a either way either way it was an embarrassing horrible heartbreaking thing to see 
um, yeah. happening in the north of right. Chile. So just days, just a couple of days after this incident, like the what happened was that the Venezuelan ambassador offered his countrymen that were countrymen and women that were stranded here in Chile free flight tickets back to Venezuela, but most were just like nah we're good like that kind of like shows the severity of the situation over there they were like no fuck it we'd rather be stranded here than be back in venezuela like you know that's kind of tells you a thing or two about what what's going on five days after this whole thing happened in iquique the ministry of the interior decides to double down and announces new measures to deal with the migration crisis which i think is still likely to be part of this plan colchane and these measures included the installation of six control and observation points along the border, mobile police encampment for up to 50 additional carabineros, additional technical support with three trucks equipped with satellite dishes and monitoring equipment. So at this point, as you pointed out already, at this point, the government <clears throat> has already been harshly criticized from several sides for its inaction and reactive approach to the crisis, instead of having taken a more proactive approach as because the warning signs have been there all along, you know? Yeah. And the mayor of Kolchane absolutely bashed the government for not having a plan. He basically said, like, the government is not having a plan. They're mostly applying patchwork solutions as they go, while at the same time, they're absolutely not coordinating the measures, neither with the mayor's office, nor with the indigenous communities, nor with neighborhood committees. He's just like, they're just doing whatever the fuck they want. Was was this the point in which Pineda was like, or the Pineda administration was like, well, Boric, what are you going to do? And Boric was like, I can't fucking do anything. I'm not the president yet, bitch. Was that when that happened? Uh, no, because- Not in those was, words. I'm that, paraphrasing. No, no, because that was on, in September last year because Boric wasn't even okay. in the picture. Right, okay, so this was late. This was one of the, yeah. the oh, that was during the trucker strike. That's, yeah. We, we're, we're getting there, guys. Actually, we're, I'm, I'm we're going- We're trucking along. I'm- Nice. I'm going there right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to jump some four, was it four months? Yeah. September, October, November, December, January. Yeah. I'm going to jump four months ahead to January 30th, 2022. By that time, the, well, the elections were already done, right? Yeah. Of course. When was the elections? November. Wait, no? November. Yeah. November. Right. Right. So on January 30, 2022, there was an attack of a police a police patrol by four Venezuelan nationals that triggered a 4,000 people strong protest in Iquique. And they were protesting initially a surge in crime rates and the demanding closing the border again, which then again later devolved into violence against immigrants. I can see a pattern here. You know, the thing is that at this in this uh, protest, there were also foreign residents of the town that participated in the march, you know, it's like Cubans in Florida, if you will, you know, yeah, people that have been living exactly. there for a while. The following mm -hmm. day, no, it's like that, my fa my yeah. family, my family in Chile, they're all Bolivian immigrants from Bolivia and they hate immigrants. Like yeah. not my boyfriend, not me, obviously, but it's like, they're like, yeah. oh, you know, the immigrants are bringing, bringing drugs and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, girl, you immigrant. Yeah, mm. because they, they Your daughter-in-law's an immigrant. Right, like, you need to calm down. They see, they see, they see in like, danger their own little cushy life that they've established for themselves. Right. Because you know? it's like, okay, if obviously the Bolivians are good immigrants for for them because they're from Bolivia. But yeah, like, no, the Colombians are bad ones. It's like, oh, the Venezuelans. And, and like, it's like. Right. right. So, blah. yeah. So right now we're at the end of January. And this is really when things are heating up here because a day later the trucker association as well as taxi drivers dog workers and local shop owners in Iquique they absolutely well not only Iquique like all around the region they absolutely Iquique, they absolutely paralyzed this whole area with a massive strike mm -hmm. they're blocking main access roads they're shutting down the airport as well as the <sighs> seaport 
10 days later, truckers again blocked important access roads in several northern communities following the death of a truck. No more trucks. A, no more trucks. Banning yeah, trucks. Do, no. We need, we need railroads. <laughs> But I mean, they, Boris they wants this. to make a Boris wants to make a train. Yeah. We talked about it before because yeah, we talked about like, it before. They the truckers get a stronghold on the entire country. We're shaped like a giant penis, and if you cut off the urethra, nothing gets through. <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, I don't even want to but, imagine this. No, no, but seriously, yeah. like because of the way we're shaped, like a trucker can, and we have one road that yeah. goes basically north to south. Right. You cut off the road nothing gets to anyone drug like ph pharmaceuticals food water whatever you need Drugs, and in some yeah. cases electricity like you can you can get you can block electric lines all too. These, so it's all like, these truckloads of electricity you're not getting where they need i to know get. <laughs> all the pikachus that all the, they, they all the pallets all the pallets of electricity <laughs> that they, 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 they ship pikachus from the north where <laughs> they grow them to the, to next, the, to the next to the next to the palta plantations you know yeah Pikachu yeah. so anyway so basically this this second the second blockage by the truckers was following the death of a truck driver as a result of an altercation with three subjects two of them presumably being venezuelan nationals again same thing as just a month before the same day the very same day the government carried out a collective expulsion of migrants whereby 138 people were deported in a single day 86 in a Chilean Air Force plane to Colombia and Venezuela, and 52 to buses to Peru and Bolivia. Mind you, that was not the first time they did one of these oh, massive things. No, they've the been they've been doing massive expulsions yeah. all year, all last right. year. Right. Like they would like have pictures, like 75 Venezuelans got sent home, and mostly Venezuelans. Yeah, this has been like, going on for a while, but I think like this for a while. Has, has yet the biggest been to date. Now. Two days later, just two days later, on February 12th, the new migration law came into effect, which has been languishing in Congress since April 2021. Now, this law replaces a dictatorship-era piece of legislature, and it does decriminalize illegal entry into national territory, which is supposed to be a good thing. But I'll talk about this a little bit more in part two, but it always also gives legal status to only those migrants who have entered the country on a permit granted by a Chilean consulate of their country of origin before sure. March 18, 2020. Now imagine what happens right. with these people that are already on the way. <laughs> right. You know? We're already here. Yeah. Already here, like knocking at the border. But imagine like that, they just, you know, get to the borders. Like, like, well, I get, do, do I turn around? Like, what, what do I do? Do also, I don't have this, internet. You know? I didn't know anything changed. Like, Nothing. wait, what? Yep, exactly. You're on your fourth dose. Four days later, four days after this, on February 16, 2022, the government eventually decreed a state of emergency in four of Chile's northern border regions as a part of a deal. It was actually part of a deal with the Truck Drivers Association, so they would eventually end the blockage of the roadways, you know? What the, the, what the state of emergency does, in case you don't know, it just gives the armed forces the necessary authority to better control the inflow of immigrants in the region, or at least yeah. that's the idea. Now... As I was just commenting to you off air, on March 13th, which was yesterday from that day of recording, the government spokesperson Camila Vallejos announced that the state of emergency will not be extended right. uh, and end on March 26th. As of today, March 14th, again, some 50 people have set up barricades on the yeah. road connecting Alto Spicio and Iquique to protest immigration. Now, the new Minister of the Interior, Iskia Sitges, 
will visit the, the Tarapaca region on March 20 to begin a new round of talks, although locals are actually urging her to move the visit up her agenda because they were just like, we need a celebration now, you know? Yeah, she's so, supposed to go like now-ish. That's what yeah, I just read. I think they wanted to, her to come on the 17th or something. So now, so this is the this is kind of like the timeline. What has happened, as you can see from basically end of January 2022 till now, it's just been thing after thing after thing after thing non-stop breather like it's and literally crazy. we're recording part two probably later this week by yeah. the time we record part two i bet more shit will come out oh yeah absolutely so yeah. that's the thing like it, it, so i know that bodich has been very much criticizing and his administration the use of force right they're always uh, from the carabineros against everybody basically <laughs> like carabineros just kicking and hitting people and criticizing you know they're criticizing that but so yeah that's the that's the basic timeline right right Lenny? that's the basic timeline and yeah that would be it for part one actually we're gonna yeah. take a little bit talk a little bit more in part two about the why and what yeah more details how, about why why is this how, a problem how did this happen etc cetera, etc cetera, in our semi-professional um, <laughs> way yeah potential um ways in which the new administration's going to deal with it, how the old administration was dealing with a little bit more detail um and probably like i said we'll have updates for you next next if we're yeah, you know if we record we'll in a couple of days this whole thing. <laughs> no we'll just say oh fuck <laughs> i knocked my mic over <laughs> we'll just say oh fuck so excited. <laughs> and then throw things um no we'll just update you guys um but it's yeah, it's super sad, but it's super important to know, especially um, as English, we're English speaking listeners. Um, I mean, a lot of us are immigrants or people who might come study here or whatever it, we might not be the people standing at the border, but that's only because of the circumstances of our birth, right? So, you know, I stand in solidarity with those immigrants and what they're going through. And um, I don't believe in good immigrants and bad immigrants. That's stupid. I just had the privilege of having I know enough that money. There are good immigrants and bad immigrants. And I'm, I'm a bad one. Kidding. I'm, I'm a bad, bad girl. So, um, hey, if you guys have any comments, we'd love to hear from you. I would love to get an email from you. I would love to see some discussions in the discourse if you guys are interested in doing that. If not, you can always send us an email or an Instagram at Chile Today Podcast, Chile Today Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in the Patreon yeah. at whatever level, patreon.com slash the chile today podcast and if you want to call and us p- pinko commies just go ahead we feed off just your do hate it. we feed off we'll your t- hate you pinko equiqui they're both kind of cute words so there you go <laughs> the cold chain <laughs> cold chain cold chain lord, oh, lord edwin Coltain. <laughs> lord edwin Coltain of breckenstrier <laughs> the third sorry the third <laughs> anyway so we're gonna leave you we're a little slap happy we've been talking for a long time but we love you guys thank you so much for tuning in and uh we'll see you next time so when in doubt bring go out bye The Chile Today podcast is produced and edited by podcast pinguino Diego Rivera, and it is starring Leonard Klugehe and Bethany Francis. Nice. Oh, but one of these days, I just want you to not butcher my name. <laughs> Leonard Kluge, you mean? Leonard Kluge. Bye. <laughs>